Amakwini Togozani Emma Kosini. Ikamalam Guzi Poagokdolamo Elogukula Gumai Shome. Ba Utanda Ungan Biza Gokumai Shome Oganya Gokunazu. Bendizo Tanda Utata Eli Tuba, Ditsama Kushekuzo Zonga is surely as in Dipeteo as Pagatikum Zimbawam, and Libeleo Oganya Engas Bizang and Goku Zinga Kumbis Kalikis. Dikalengotamakusha. Emma Bileni, M. Kolanga, Old Lambulo Kunda, or Vapi on another Pagani Sunday at Amakusha. The Tamakushe, Emma Zizini, Olamienum Dadela, or Binoboya. The Tamakusha Combatano Cosibe, Dinga Walibelanga, Mampinga, Owawa, Opolo Gosh. Tamakusha Christmas and Pesle, Lelias and Begi Pele, and Clog on the Chocutiano Zengele, Unongo Sepan Sichon Tamakush. Tamakushe Christmas, so tall on Langisa. Tamakushe Kotida on Wangule. Tamakushe Kusuelas and Fundus are Opagamasilozi. Jalon Togos is a Kubaba Wam, Umam Dambok and Lango, Tangi Togos a Coco. Togos is a Kukum Kuluami, Umapizi, Gamahoto. Diti Bayeta Makosa Makul, Makose Zizwe. Yatamakosha. Togozani, and welcome to episode four of Goko Have I Been Scammed, brought to you by Times Live. On this platform, we discuss, share wisdom, and raise awareness on all things traditional African spirituality. My name is Goko Zipotolamo, and I am your host. Allow me to introduce the topic at hand, which seeks to address the how do you know. How do you know when you are implicated by Ingulu Yesindu or the calling? How can you definitively tell that the thing that is happening to you is Ingulu Yesindu? What are some of the physical, emotional, spiritual, and psychological symptoms or even telltale signs? Before I introduce my guests, I want to put it to you as my viewers that there are people who have been called in many different ways, who experience symptoms and telltale signs of their own, but are unable to actualize their gift through the avenue of pursuing Ingulo Yesintu. Some reasons are known to us and some will remain unknown. Please let us try to be respectful of everyone's position on the spiritual spectrum while they seek to actualize their gift in any way possible. It is common knowledge that there are consequences to not accepting your gift. And this discussion will look at some of those consequences. Again, we seek to be respectful of everyone's position in this segment. Allow me to introduce my gracious guests. Joining us today are Mkululi Jonas and Goko Kanyi, also known as Nomzamu Ndombela. Welcome to the show, everybody. It was lovely having you here today. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Mkulu, um, in terms of how your, how Ingulo Yako presented itself, um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, you know, how, how, how did you arrive to the idea that you were implicated by Ingulo? And I suppose I want to start from really the telltale signs, um, you know, psychological, emotional, physical, um, can you shed some light for us on that, please? Well, it all started in 2019. As yes, far yes, as yes. I can, yeah, as far as I can re- remember. 
And actually, it, it, no, now that I'm recalling, it started in 2018. So what happened in 2018, I was in corporate, um, corporate spaces, working for a nonprofit organization. And what happened is I started having like really intense dreams and very vivid dreams where I was dreaming of water and snakes, which is fitting given the fact that um, from, a, my, from my maternal side, I am Uchola. But um, thank you for joining us. And so being Ujola, I started seeing snakes. Uh, you know, I will get visitation from snakes and, and you know, and I would uh, be engaging with water. So I thought, you know, these dreams are kind of very odd, very strange. And, you know, time went. Uh, and then first, fast forward to 2019, when I moved out of home and I lived in Ronneboche, Cape Town. And I was working for another nonprofit organization. And what happened when I was, one particular night, when I was trying to sleep, I remember I was in the, I mean, like in the Western, you know, in the Western terminology, they would call it non-REM state. And when, while I was in the state, which, we call it I was in this non-room state and then I'm hearing drums and I'm hearing music you know coming um towards me and I'm like hey, this is very very odd so a couple of days later the very same you know, sounds started approaching and they were getting closer and closer and closer. So this happened a couple of days after each other. And I was like, okay, this is very odd. But I didn't know who to tell or what to say because it sounded really, or it was going to sound really, really strange. So I kept it to myself. But I remember one time, because I lived in Ronneboch, so the the main street was not far from where I lived. So clearly there were a lot of bars. So I was like, you know what? Because I was terrified of going home and, you know, and, and sleeping and experiencing the same thing because I didn't know how to explain it. So I went to a bar and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a couple of drinks and perhaps maybe this is not going to happen while I was in that state. Little did I know that, you know, these sounds actually penetrated through that state of being, you know, intoxicated. And it was actually even louder. It got to the point where I was like, no, I can't keep this to myself. I have to tell someone. So I called my mom and I was, I told her, this is what I'm experiencing. And my mom was like, look, I'm over the weekend, come home and then we'll go and consult. So I went home at Kailicha um, for a weekend and my mom and I went to a lady um, just a couple of streets or blocks away from where I live. And we went... Um, I'm sorry, just before we get into how you got help and so forth, I just want to clarify for our viewers that um, you you linking snakes to, 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 to the clan... Um, yeah, Guajola 
it is a it is a well known thing that all Jola as as a clan are represented by the totem, um, you know, that appears as snakes in dreams. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy that you gave us that moment for us to, you know, impart this knowledge as well, because often when we speak of snakes, you know, it becomes a bit tricky, right? Um, uh, can, can you tell us a little bit about uh, how your, you know, how Ingunoyaku presented itself? H- how did you get to the point to, to, of realizing that mm, maybe I might need to see someone? Um, how did that happen? Um, for me, it manifested in, um, for a very long time, uh, doctors were convinced that I had issues that were fundamentally wrong with um, my uterus. Um, and what would happen is that my legs um, would swell up on particular days and I would just feel a presence in the room and not know what's going on. Um, I went to numerous doctors in the United States and even here in South Africa, and it just was not clear what exactly is going on. And I recall one day I had a, a conversation with a friend of mine who's a doctor, and she was like, you know, I do think that you need to explore other avenues of what could be the cause of this. Um, and that's when I was like, I should probably ask in my family, what is going on? Is there a reason, you know, for concern of any other cause of these sicknesses? Um, because it was not just the leg swelling up. Um, I would zone out sometimes during classes um, and I would have the most, well, back then what I thought was weird dreams, you know, that not even my therapist could explain. Um, so once having a conversation with my grandfather, who was alive at that time, um, I then consulted and asked Oguti, you know, what is happening here? And I was told, Oguti, there is a rich lineage in my family of healers. And I was like, wow, um, where do I even begin with, you know, Indo and Jaina? So for a very long time, I struggled. And at the time, sorry to interject, but you were, you said you were in the United States at the time. So um, you, 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 were isolated from your family, I imagine, being a person who was in who who was a student, um, South African in the United States, and I think it is quite interesting that um, the one thing that you and Utongo share in common is that feeling of isolation in the beginning, when this when Lengulo presents itself to you, it is almost an immediate isolation. Um, because who, who do you tell and how do you tell of these weird dreams? Um, Tongo, you mentioned that you reverted back to your family and you reverted to your mother. Now we're Futi Kokokani, you reverted back to your mother. And I think that is very important um, for our viewers, or whoever is out there listening to this, that, you know, Maushaya Yingulo is into all you suspect. The thing to do is to go home. Um, can you can you tell us then what next steps you took um once you had contacted your family, Mkulu? Um, what were the avenues that you pursued and so forth? So what happened next is so my parents and I went to this lady, um, both my parents um we went to this lady to consult. And basically, you know, she started off like really, really you know, fine. Um, she spoke about my issues at work, which is, you know, fighting with, you know, management. She spoke about my financial 
you know, challenges, you know, that I would have money the next minute I don't have it, which was quite, you know, acceptable. And then, then the next thing she started telling me, we are Twasa. And for me, that was quite a shock because I was like, okay, cool. The first two things that you mentioned, they seem very aligned. But this year, Twasa, I, I, I was in disbelief. I, I, I did not actually think, um, yeah, that was me for some strange reason. And then I left home that weekend and then I told my mom I would like to see, I, I, I would like to get a second opinion. So what happened is the strangest thing, everything just started falling apart. I remember at work, things were really, really difficult. I remember I knelt down and I prayed and I said to God, my answer because I was like, I don't know what to do. I I was emotionally exhausted and I was just battling and this and and these drums and these songs that were coming, you know, when I was sleeping, they were getting more intense. So I, I was just really, really like all over the place. So I prayed to God, I said, my enza gindandriako. And for some strange reason, I built a courage to resign. And I resigned, everything just started falling apart. I resigned and I gave notice to my landlord and then I moved back home. So when I was at home, I remember I told my mom that I would like a um, second opinion. And when I told my mom um, a one second opinion, then she went, that day she went to the day clinic and then she called me while she was at the day clinic because she bumped into another sangoma and she was like to me hey um just quickly come here to the clinic i met someone who is willing to see you so and then she told me that they will be at the parking lot so i quickly made my way to the parking lot i found them there and then found this lady sitting there with my mom um and sitting there on the on the pavement and she was not impressed she said to me since you've been making your way to see me i've been feeling so sick because i was mir mirroring your body all the way while you were coming towards me and then she was there was no bear she was burning the only thing she had was her beads and she started um, performing divination. And she said, yes. to me, she said the same thing. The reason that you had issues at work is because, and money issues is because we are gula. You have a calling. And, you know, I listened. And then on my way back with my mom back home, so my mom asked, so what do you want to do? I said to her, no, I want a third opinion. And my mom was like, okay. So by this time I moved back home because my life just was a mess. And then I remember when I told my mom I wanted a third opinion, something really odd happened that day. So what happened is I was sleeping all to find out that my mom was speaking to my aunt, my paternal aunt. She was speaking to her, telling her that hey, Umkululi is having these issues and he would like to see Isangoma so that um, he can try to figure things out.
when all of this was happening, I was dreaming about it. And then my ancestors actually came themselves and said to me that this lady that is with your mom, who's coming to take you to another healer or to another Sangoma, this lady that's with your mom, that is Ukobela Wako. And this aunt of mine is Isangoma. Yeah. So we went to see Umama Wake, Ukobela Wake, for consultation. We went there. She said the same thing. The work problems and the money issues and that in the Atwasa. And then my mom and I came home and then my mom was like, what are you going to do? So I said to her, well, clearly there's no other way now. I need to accept and I need to, yeah, I need to accept the calling. So that's how I finally, you know, um, surrendered to the calling. Tamaku, tamaku. Koko um, Kanye, can you, so having been in the States at the time, away from your family, what did you do next? You know, having seen the Western doctors, having had these, un, or, or, or rather, let me not say unexplainable, but these unexplainable dreams and these diagnoses, these formal Western diagnoses that I'm pretty sure must have been terrifying from for you. In, in a foreign land, what did you do next? How how did you navigate this now truth? How did you, how did the two then come together? Yo, um, as Mkula was talking, I was just thinking about that phrase, and I recall at one point, I also said that, um, what I did is um, I was definitely in denial at the beginning. Um, and it really was because, you know, everything was falling apart um, around me and I didn't understand why. And I was very angry in all honesty. Um, so I thought, all right, I went back in Genza. Um, at that point, because of certain things in my family, um, what's called umhlonyana. Um, which is a coming of age for Zulu maidens and Umemul. And then thereafter, my grandfather actually had said to me, I'm, I'm going to have to take this up because he reminded me that when I was growing up, my grandmother used to be sick quite often. And I was like, you know, I recall those moments, but I didn't understand Uguti, what it meant. So for a good six months or so, I returned to the U.S. thinking that this was the end of it because I'd done um, the ceremony that they wanted. But you had done that is, and you would have had peased Abanda Batala and you thought that end. Okay. Yeah. Was that the end? <laughs> it was not the case. Um, I was in for a wild ride, as the kids say. Um, and unfortunately, a couple of months later, my grandfather passed away. And it was at his funeral, actually, um, the evening after that um, I had this dream and in the dream um, there were certain family members who were attacking me and in the dream they were saying Oguti it's this gift of mine that's the problem it's making me the problem here and I recall seeing my grandmother in the dream saying to me Oguti I cannot come back here until I have strengthened myself and done that they want me to do and I that's how we left. Um, in the wee hours of the night, I was taken away. And um, I remember we got back to Mpangeni that day in Kezren. And I sat down to my mom and I was like, okay, what next? 
And my mom was like, I actually really don't know. Um, and I could see that she was struggling with this reality that we were about to face um, herself. So later that year, um, I returned from the United States. And what I started with um, was um, because it was evident at that stage with the things that were happening, this was sort of the most heightened at that particular point. Um, so through a friend who was an uncle, um, one of my mom's colleagues I'd known for a very long time, um, I remember I paid him a visit you know, and when I went there, I thought it was just because I'd never really been to a Sangoma at that point, by myself at least. So I, I recall going there, walking in, um, and I'm like, Togozani Mkulu, he's like, Togozani Goko, and I'm like, um, who are you calling Goko? And <laughs> he was like, my um, Goko, and I was like, okay, okay, if this is how you want to roll. And um, I recall having the most, probably the most profound conversation with him. Um, where he just explained what was going on. And, you know, it was only after that I realized this was actually a consultation. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. And he started walking the journey with me slowly. Um, so he started teaching me, Oguti, this is why sometimes, um, you know, I will feel overwhelmed and start crying. This is why sometimes I feel as if I'm completely alone, but that's not the case. Um, and we started going in Manzini, um, quite often with him, which I value immensely until this day. And he would sometimes, as time went along, he would say, go, go, you know, come to the front. Um, or let's come pray for this person. So I started gaining a bit of agency in my sort of understanding of this. Um, and, I, and I think that's how I ended up going ahead in the understanding compared to my mother and my family. And it was Istunya actually that saved me in the first situation that I found myself in, um, where I thought I was supposed to go to Asa. And thereafter, even after being able to leave that horrible situation, I continued working on Istunya because I was like, there's something here that I think is helping, you know, sort of unravel this mystery of, um, you know, what is meant to happen with my calling. Um, so I held on to that. And after leaving that situation, I recall I went um, I went to the ocean by myself here yeah, in, I think it was Strand. I went to the ocean by myself in Strand. And I recall I was with a friend of mine um, who doesn't really believe in um, African spirituality. But I remember that day she said to me, I'm going to pray for you. And I pray that. And I said, thanks, friend. And I recall, I just walked into the water. I really just walked into the water, you guys. I did not know what I was doing, but I just felt that this is something that I needed to do. And that's what I did. I just walked into the water and I just sat there, which felt like forever for me. But I remember coming out and feeling, yeah, I think this is going somewhere and later that evening my grandmother came to me and said look we understand that the situation that you were just in um my previous picture was horrible Odwa, you're going to need to finish this um and she showed me Ukoko, that i was meant to go to who i had ironically met a year before in the yard of lumkulona who was helping me um with ukulisa is 
And Man. I went back to him and I said, this is what I've seen. And he said, and I went and I spoke to him. And that's how the journey that's culminated really began um, with Ipeso. Um, you know, you have just touched on on something that is incredibly powerful, and I and I want to just draw some attention to both of the times where you both of you Notongo have said and maybe I'm the only one but it is almost as if you know I could feel um the emotion and I could feel the sense of surrendering yourself to Ilozi. And then I could feel the sense of, you know, an almost state of complete destitute and having to choose Ilozi in that moment. And, and I want to touch on that and I want to, to, to throw this back to you, Uguti. Um, there tends to be a misconception, Uguti, Ilozi, Nyanzela, Ilozi, and this false narrative, Uguti, it's do or die. Um, naturally, there are some do or die um, instances on the journey, uh, but alongside any other journey, even in the journey of life, there are pivotal do or die moments. However, in, in our situation, it seems to be a bit, you know, ostracized and a bit um, looked down upon. If I were to ask you, um, do you feel as though Idlozi is something that, that you chose? Um, do you feel honored to be Umdani Lozi? How 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 was that relationship from having to be almost coerced into a path and then living with it? Can you take me through that, please? Okay. Well, initially I thought I was being coerced and I felt like I was being forced into this path and into Lengolo. And then little did I know through my journey and me walking this path and then I realized actually no I chose this path myself and I saw this through my dreams where I was very actively involved um, in my dreams actively involved in a, a Tongweni in the spirit world and through a lot of signs I was like wow it, this looks like actually I the one who awoken, you know, and then I woke up essentially. So what happened is in this journey, I started noticing certain signs where my spirit actually was coming forward and wanted to join forces with Umkululi um, through the process of Indwaso. So, what happened is throughout the whole journey, Yam Yogutwasa, at first I really thought, you know, this this was not for me. But the minute I started surrendering and telling myself that, you know what, let me just surrender into this calling, then things started moving and things started changing. I remember the day when I decided that, look, I I'm going to do this. Umbilini Wam started which is the palpitation. It just started before I was even which is the first step and by the time we went through the whole process um, you know, things were just moving so fast and so quickly as if my spirit was just too excited that the moment has arrived 
you know, for this process to actually, you know, happen. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I'm... Sorry, but Goko, can you want to, I want to throw this question to you again, Uguti. Um, with the current construction, Yoguti Idluzi, Lianyan Zelana, Idluzi is a force that takes over your life. Um, in consideration of that and you having walked this journey and gaining further understanding, looking back, do you feel like you had a choice? You know what? Um, I, I think when you're, when you're in the thick of it, um, you sometimes don't feel like you have a choice because of how extremely difficult the process is. Um, but for me, I felt the choice in the moments when I would sit by myself and pray. Um, or when I'd go emanzini. Um, you know, I think Uktwasa in someone's house um, is never easy. So at certain moments I was like, yeah, I know this is, you know, this is wild. I can just like leave. But what kept me there was wanting and wanting for Ilozilami to fulfill, you know, what it intended to fulfill. Because I come from a lineage where Umama didn't go, Ugyotwasa, my grandmother didn't go, my great-grandmother didn't go. So I had three, you know, people sort of looking over my shoulder, aside from everyone else, who who needed this journey to, you know, find completion. So the choice for me came in those moments when I, I went into myself and said, I can you say? Um, you know, when I I didn't know certain things. I recall a couple of weeks ago I was in KZN and you know, we, we were talking with um Abanye Amanda Badala. And, you know, to also hear them talk about similar struggles that they experienced, epiphany that, you know, I'd also experienced also was an eye-opening moment for me because I thought to myself, yeah, you know, that time when I had that fetal and I didn't know what the hell was going on. And, um, you know, and you know, showed me what to do. That was me putting my trust in Luzini. And that's where the choice was sort of being active for me. The minute I put my trust in Luzini and fully put it in Luzini is where I found the tools and skills um, to be able to navigate that process. Because I think a lot of the times you feel like you don't have a choice because we are sad because you you sort of want to forepredict how this thing is going to go as if there's a, a um, uh, what's this word? As if there's a, a recipe, right? Yes. Um, and that I think that's when you feel like you don't have a choice because when you've put, a, a, you know, you're telling Eglosi how this must go and it doesn't work like that. So for me, I felt that choice in those moments when I put my trust in Eglosini because that was Eglosi then, you know, I was allowing Eglosi to work with me and through me and I wasn't resisting it by, you know, constantly asking why, 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 why the whole time. Um, it's it's interesting that you would you would say it like that because in in my own experiences of ipeso, um, and and being initiated, I, I would hear often Uguti 
um, from from my kobela so that you can grow and you can become the best version of yourself. The moment you hold out and you have one foot out, and you don't do this with an open heart and an open spirit, um, you know, and I and I suppose that is the idea of surrendering to Ilozi. I don't want to say it's to surrender, but it's it is to commit. You are committing yourself to this journey. You are committing yourself to this process for this short time, right? Uktwasa and remaining in initiation school, yes, is a short time, but it equips you for the journey that you are going to walk. It seems very cruel and intense in those few months that you are there because you are completely um, removed from your community. Like you said, can you in someone's home, you know? You know? And that is a long-standing narrative, is that you respect your elders and that you know you march to the beat of their drum and it is definitely one of the more difficult parts to let go of your ego as uzipo and to become because the ego will not work the ego is the thing that stands in the way of surrendering um and i found that I found that to be, you know, I, I don't want to say I learned that in initiation school. I think it was, I mean, they could have beat it into me and I still wouldn't have picked it up if I didn't open myself up to it. Um, but I think definitely, yes, one of the more important um, kind of, of, of principles is that you commit. And if we look at it as surrendering your rights and your freedoms in the outside world, um, so I, I want to take it back to the part where um, the calling or ingulo seem to manifest itself in varying physical ways. Kokokani, uh, you spoke about receiving varying diagnoses from Western doctors um, and then ultimately, you know, making sense of it through this realm. I too got similar diagnoses um, from a number of doctors as well. Um, I want to then ask you, Ubuti, why do you think that Idlozi shows itself in this way? Why does it present? And Mangiti Idlozi, I, I, I suppose I'm just using it as an umbrella term for Ingulo Yesintu, but why do you think it shows itself like this? You know, that's a difficult question. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't say I have the answer for that. Um, I really want to be be honest because it, it's something I, I still struggle with. Um, I, I recall a couple of weeks ago when I had I asked this question um, to Uba for my older brother Ilozini. He said, um, "It's not just to get your attention, Wekoko. It's also to erase, you know, arise your awareness and consciousness of." And he he said, Wuti, sometimes when someone is going to come, you know, ask for help or whatever, through healing yourself, through finding out what is causing um that those swollen um legs or feet that 
endless headache, which feels like it's going to kill you because nothing is helping. Um, you know, in my case, um, the issues that I have with my uterus, he said it's because that you have to learn. And it also is sometimes when you don't listen. In my case, that's what I've learned often happens. When you don't listen in the context of, of what? In the context of Amanda Batala? Yes, so when you don't listen um, to what Amanda Batala wants you to do or execute or action. Um, I, I don't know how to describe this in English, actually. But um, I remember Epeshwenyo Ogoko used to say, um, um, you know, um, and that's sort of where this, you know, not listening comes from. Um, and that so, is get a hold of your emotions because I mm. think the big thing of Vuktuasa is is letting go of even your emotions as to operate in this function and in this realm. Um, and Mkulu, I want, to, I want to throw it back to you. Um, Uguti, why do you think Abanda Badala present in this way? Why, why does Ngulu present the way that it does? Well, in my experience, I experienced Ishaba quite a lot. I don't know what you call it in English. I used to constantly get Amashaba and headaches now and again. But I've never really had any other physical, intense, you know, issues that I needed to approach a medical doctor. However, one thing, though, that stood out, especially among my colleagues, and they would jokingly say this to me, that, dude, we think you are bipolar. In terms of mood swings, right? Um, um what what would they, what what did they mean i suppose if i can ask you that that you you are bipolar um as ukoko mentioned actually so some of my colleagues they felt i was very dynamic in my mood uh, or i had mood swings like one minute we'll be laughing and then the next minute i'm snapping or i'm upset or they just felt like I was just unpredictable. So they felt I was unpredictable, you know, to the point that they kept on jokingly, even though nowadays, you know, that will be regarded as, you know, ableist, you know, calling someone bipolar. But I think that it was a way of them, you know, mirroring or letting me know that, you know, my mood swings are, you know, kind of weird. So that's what I experienced. My discomfort actually came more psychological than physical. Okay. And to answer, yes. And to answer your question based on why do I think, um, you know, egozy actually shows itself in this manner is because in this process, we have a concept called inkeng. 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 Yes. Yes. Now, and a lot of people think that Inkenta is only reserved for Amatosha or people who are sick or who have to basically go through this journey. So essentially, Inkenta, from my 
experience, what I've noticed about what happened and why I was psychologically going through all of this was Ahmad Rosi or Iznyanya actually were preparing me for this journey because what they were doing, they were joining the right and the left um, hemisphere of my brain so that when I'm walking this path, I don't only think from a logic, logical point of view and the abstract point of view, but I can look at things in both, um, in both, um, both ways, basically, or with both lens. And holistically. Yes. For, for the sake of holistically. Holistically. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I, okay, I, we're about to wrap up, guys. Um, but I want to, to just go into the part where Ukokunomzamo speaks about the interpretation given um, by, you know, Uba Fowake in and around, um, you know, that physical discomfort and all of these physical ailments happening to her. Um, you know, I think it's an interesting concept that, you know, to heal others, you must be able to heal yourself. And I suppose it's a it's a principle that is often held in many indigenous um, schools of thought that, you know, to have a patient come into, into your space, um, your energy is going to mirror, or, or rather, yes, your energy is going to mirror theirs. And you need to be able to, to heal a wide range of things. And I think is a very interesting thing, um, particularly in the time um, where, you know, we are seeing statistics in the sub-Saharan region of women struggling with fertility problems, women struggling with um, indaba and issues around the uterus. And to be a healer who is, I don't want to say burdened, but is tasked to find ways um, to deal with that is an enormous burden. Elamikha um, used to say to me when I would ask her, or oh, in fact, I, I never used to ask her because I used to be too scared to ask her, Uguti, why are all of these things happening to me? Why do I wake up with swollen ankles? Why do I have a weird rash out of nowhere? Um, why, why are all of these strange things happening? And she would say to me, Uguti, yes, you have to be able to heal a range of ailments, but Mdanam, if Abanda Badala would come to you in a joking manner, you would never willingly choose this path. Right. She said to me, you would never willingly choose this path. And I do not want to um, make it sound like this is a scare tactic or anything, but it is an enormously difficult undertaking that requires an enormous amount of discipline and commitment. And discipline and commitment are difficult for the average person. Um, and, and I think that is where I would like to center this. Um, I also want to... You know, for the listener looking out, um, who is trying to discern where they are on the spiritual journey, um, what advice would you would, would the two of you have for them? Um, you know, having walked the journey of Ubungoma, having been in the journey of denying Idlozi before ultimately getting to a point of comfort within yourself to accept the journey. What advice would you have? For, for people undertaking this journey now? Um, words of in inspiration, encouragement. Well, from 
my end, I don't like giving advice because, yeah, I don't, because we're different and our situations are different <laughs> and we are different beings and walking different paths. And I believe that, you know, all of us are where we need to be. Um, so whoever, yes, whoever is probably put, who's going to walk this path, you know, their ancestors or Idlozi will do what they need to do to basically guide them and walk this path with them. So I will leave that to Amadlozi Wabo and not for me to actually give them advice, which probably might not even work or generic advice. So, but what I, what I can say to that, you know, it is said that, you know, the wounded healer, um, you know, refers actually, it is said that, you know, one must become wounded to become a healer. Yes. And it is only by overcoming and becoming wounded that one may become a healer. So essentially what I'm trying to say is that it is through us going through all of this discomfort and all of these challenges that we then become stronger and understand basically the psychological makeup and the physical makeup so that when people approach us, then we are able to identify and assist and help when people need help because we have experienced um, firsthand because it's this is not an experience we read through a book, but this is a lived experience that we walk and we experienced all of the discomforts, all of these um, you know challenges. We actually experience them ourselves, and this is how we are able then to identify and help when people actually need help. Tamako, Koko, can you any affirmations? So mine is two things, and um, this is something that I, I learned from my grandparents that continues to help and guide me today, even after Ipejo. Um, One is Injela Ibuza Wabakambili. And, you know, the, the way forward, the transition, the way forward, that's the way forward is asked from those who are ahead of the journey. Um. Yes. And I was having this conversation yesterday with some students here on campus at Stellenbosch, actually. Um, ask people um, who are around you, ask your elders, talk to your elders. Um, often we find Uti, we are afraid to ask about these things because we think that it's abnormal or it's not or right or whatever, but that that is sometimes not the case. Like for me, it was through talking to my grandfather that I realized that this has always been the Ikaya and it's not some odd thing that just fell from the sky um, as you know, some people sometimes think is the case or a curse in the family. And two, surround yourself with community of people who you trust, right? And that community will change over the times and stages of your journey. And that is also okay. But in that community, there's going to be moments when those people, when you talk to them about this, are able to affirm you and give you strength um, to continue the journey at times when you don't think that you can do so. Because yes, there is that commitment and partnership that you have with Iklo Zilako. 
and it's not easy. So try build that community. And it doesn't always have to be the people that you are with if you've gone to you are in Epeshwini. But just always know Uguti, even in the physical, you're not alone. There are people who can help you, who can guide you. Use the skills that you're learning um, or that Idlozi equips you with to discern the type of advice that you also get from these people. And more than anything, trust Idlozi Nako. Pray, like pray. I cannot stress that enough. Pray um, because Idlozi so pray and also ask for that spread of discernment to be strengthened and to be heightened so that you're able to take decisions that will yield positive results. And even if they don't yield positive results, don't give up. Um, and know that there are moments of difficulty, but there are also moments of great joy and reward and it's in those moments that you really need to hold on to when it does get dark and difficult and thank you to our gracious guests for taking the time to impart some wisdom unto us as you have heard Mapulapuli, the journey yogukula is a long and complicated one that requires commitment and prayer pray 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 through it and that's it for today's edition of Gogo Have I Been Scammed. To share your story, please email us on scammed at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, and TikTok through the handle Gogo Have I Been Scammed. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on the Sowetan Live website under the podcast tab or across streaming platforms, Iono FM, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Boko Have I Been Scammed is a Times Live production, and our producer is Demi Muzo. I am your host, Goko Zipodolamo. Tamakwini emakosini.